You're listening to Wikisleep Podcast, a podcast designed to help you relax and unwind through calm, quiet storytelling. I'm your host, Adrian Sala. Wikisleep is an ad-free podcast supported by donations from listeners like you. If you'd like to help keep the podcast free from distracting ads, please visit wikisleeppodcast.com where there are options for single or monthly donations of any amount. While there, you can also get in touch with ideas for new episodes, feedback, or any questions you might have. As we begin today, I recommend settling in by taking a few slow, deep breaths. Deep breathing has an amazingly calming effect, helping reduce stress and anxiety and allowing you to relax a little. To do this, simply breathe all the way out emptying your lungs and abdomen. Then, breathe in slowly and fully, filling all the way back up, and when you get to the top of your breath, pause for a moment before breathing out and emptying again. Pause briefly at the bottom of your breath, then repeat the process as many times as you like, as often as you like. I often use deep breathing multiple times throughout the day. Sometimes just to get focus while I'm working, and other times when I need to relax and settle in. Today's story, the Greek myth of Paris. On the other side of the sea, there stands a city rich and mighty, the like of which there is none in Greece. The name of this city is Troy, although its inhabitants call it Ilios. There, an old man named Priam rules over a happy and peace-loving people. He dwells in a great palace of polished marble on a hill overlooking the plain, and his granaries are stored with corn, and his flocks and herds are pastured on the hills and mountain slopes behind the city. Many sons has King Priam, and they are brave and noble youths, well worthy of such a father. The eldest of these sons is Hector, who, the Trojans hope, will live to bring great honor to his native land. But 
Just before the second son was born, a strange thing troubled the family of old Priam. The queen dreamed that her babe had turned into a firebrand, which burned up the walls and the high towers of Troy, and left but smoldering ashes where once the proud city stood. She told the king her dream, and when the child was born, they called a soothsayer who could foresee the mysteries of the future, and they asked him what the vision meant. It means, said he, that this babe, if he lives, shall be a firebrand in Troy and shall turn its walls and its high towers into heaps of smoldering ashes. But what shall be done with the child that he may not do this terrible thing, asked Priam, greatly sorrowing for the babe, who was very beautiful. Do not suffer that he shall live, answered the soothsayer. Priam, the gentlest and most kind-hearted of men, could not bear to harm the babe. So he called his master shepherd and bade him to take the helpless child into the thick woods, which grow high up on the slopes of Mount Ida, behind the city, and there to leave him alone. The wild beasts that roam among those woods, he thought, would doubtless find him, or, in any case, he could not live long without care and nourishment. And thus, the dangerous brand would be quenched while yet it was scarcely a spark. The shepherd did as he was bidden, although it cost his heart many a sharp pang thus to deal barbarously with the innocent. He laid the smiling infant, wrapped in its broidered tunic, close by the foot of an oak, and then hurried away that he might not hear its cries. But the nymphs, who haunt the woods and groves, saw the babe, and pitied its helplessness, and cared for it so that it did not die. Some brought a yellow honey from the stores of the wild bees. Some fed it with milk from the white goats that pastured on the mountainside, and others stood as sentinels around it, guarding it from the wolves and bears. Thus, five days passed, and then the shepherd, who could not forget the babe, came cautiously to the spot to see if, mayhap, even its broidered cloak had been spared by the beasts. Sorrowful and shuddering, he glanced toward the foot of the tree. To his surprise, the babe was still there. It looked up and smiled, and stretched its fat hands toward him. The shepherd's heart would not let him turn away the second time. 
He took the child in his arms and carried it to his own humble home in the valley, where he cared for it and brought it up as his own son. The boy grew to be very tall and very handsome, and he was so brave and so helpful to the shepherds around Mount Ida that they called him Alexandros, the helper of men. But his foster father named him Paris. As he tended to his sheep in the mountain dells, he met Oinone, the fairest of the river maidens. Gylus, and as pure as the waters of the stream by whose banks she loved to wander. Day after day, he sat with her in the shadow of her woodland home and talked of innocence and beauty and of a life of sweet contentment and of love. And the maiden listened to him with wide open eyes and a heart full of trustfulness and faith. By and by, Paris and Onone were wedded, and their little cottage in the mountain glen was the fairest and happiest spot in Ilios. The days sped swiftly by, and neither of them dreamt that any sorrow was in store for them. And to Onone, her shepherd husband was all the world because he was so noble and brave and handsome and gentle. One warm summer afternoon, Paris sat in the shade of a tree at the foot of Mount Ida while his flocks were pasturing upon the hillside before him. The bees were humming lazily among the flowers. The cicadas were chirping among the leaves above his head. And now and then, a bird twittered softly among the bushes behind him. All else was still, as if enjoying to the full delicious calm of that pleasant day. Paris was fashioning a slender reed into a shepherd's flute, while Onone, sitting in the deeper shadows of some clustering vines, was busy with some simple piece of needlework. A sound as of sweet music caused the young shepherd to raise his eyes. Before him stood the four immortals, Hera, Athena, Aphrodite, and Hermes, the messenger. Their faces shone with a dazzling radiance, and they were fairer than any tongue can describe. At their feet, rare flowers sprang up, 
crocuses and asphodels and white lilies. And the air was filled with the odor of orange blossoms. Paris, scarce knowing what he did, arose to greet them. No handsomer youth ever stood in the presence of beauty. Straight as a mountain pine he was, a leopard skin hung carelessly upon his shoulders. His head was bare, but his locks clustered around his temples in sunny curls and formed fit framework for his fair brows. Hermes spoke first. Paris, we have come to seek thy help. There is strife among the folk who dwell on Mount Olympus. Here are Hera, Athena, and Aphrodite, each claiming to be the fairest and each clamoring for this prize, this golden apple. Now, we pray that you will judge this matter and give the apple to the one whom you may deem the most beautiful. Then Hera began her plea at once. I know that I am fairest, she said, for I am queen and mine it is to rule among the gods and men. Give me the prize, and you shall have wealth, a kingdom, and great glory. And men in aftertimes shall sing your praises. And Paris was half tempted to give the apple without further ado to Hera, the proud queen. But gray-eyed Athena spoke. There is that, fair youth, which is better than riches or honor or great glory. Listen to me, and I will give thee wisdom and a pure heart, and thy life shall be crowned with peace and sweetened with love and made strong by knowledge. And though men may not sing of thee in aftertimes, thou shalt find lasting happiness in the answer of a good conscience towards all things. Then, Arnone whispered from her place among the leaves, Give the prize to Athena, she is the fairest. And Paris would have placed the golden apple in her hand had not Aphrodite stepped quickly forward and in the sweetest, merriest tones addressed him. You may look at my face and judge for yourself as to whether I am fair, she said laughing and tossing her curls. All I shall say is this, give me the prize and you shall have for your wife the most beautiful woman in the world. The heart of Onone stood still as Paris placed the apple in Aphrodite's hand 
and a nameless dread came over her as if the earth were sinking beneath her feet. But the next moment, the blood came back to her cheeks, and she breathed free and strong again, for she heard Paris say, I have a wife, Oenone, who to me is the loveliest of mortals, and I care not for your offer. Yet, I give you the apple, for I know that you are the fairest among the deathless ones who live high on Olympus. On the very next day, it happened that King Priam sat thoughtfully in his palace, and all his boys and girls, nearly fifty in number, were about him. His mind turned sadly to the little babe whom he had sent away many years ago to die alone on wooded Ida. And he said to himself, the child has been long dead, and yet no feast has been given to the gods that they may make his little spirit glad in the shadowy land of Hades. This must not be neglected longer. Within three days a feast must be made and we will hold games in his honor. Then, he called his servants and bade them go to the pastures on Mount Ida and choose from the herds that were there the fattest and handsomest bull to be given as a prize to the winner in the games. And he proclaimed through all Ilios that on the third day there would be a great feast in his palace and games would be held in honor of the little babe who had died twenty years before. Now, when the servants came to Mount Ida, they chose a bull for which Paris had long cared and which he loved more than any other. He protested and would not let the beast be driven from the pasture until it was agreed that he might go to the city with it and contend in the games for the prize. But Oenone, the river nymph, wept and prayed him not to go. Leave not the pleasant pasture lands of Ida, even for a day, she said, for my heart tells me you will not return. Think not so, my fair one, said Paris. Did not Aphrodite promise that the most beautiful woman in the world shall be my wife? And who is more beautiful than my own, Onone? Dry now your tears, for when I have won the prizes in the games, I will come back to you and never leave you again. Then the grief of Onone waxed still greater. If you will go, she cried, then hear my warning. Long years shall pass, ere you shall come again to the wooded Ida, 
and the hearts which are now young shall grow old and feeble by reason of much sorrow. Cruel war and many dire disasters shall overtake you, and death shall be nigh unto you. And then, Oinone, although long forgotten by you, will hasten to your side to help you to heal and to forgive so that the old love may live again. Farewell. Then Paris kissed his wife and hastened, light of heart, to Troy. How could it be otherwise but that, in the games which followed, the handsome young shepherd should carry off all the prizes? Who are you? asked the king. My name is Paris, answered the shepherd, and I feed the flocks and herds on wooded Ida. Then Hector, full of wrath because of his own failure to win a prize, came forward to dispute with Paris. Stand there, Hector, cried old Priam. Stand close to the young shepherd and let us look at you. Then, turning to the queen, he asked, Did you ever see two so nearly alike? The shepherd is fairer and of slighter build, it is true. But they have the same eye, the same frown, the same smile, the same motion of the shoulders, the same walk. Ah, what if the young babe did not die after all? Then Priam's daughter, Cassandra, who had the gift of prophecy, cried out, Oh, blind of eye and heart, that you cannot see in this young shepherd, the child whom you sent to sleep the sleep of death on Ida's wooded slopes. And so it came about that Paris was taken into his father's house and given the place of honor which was his by right. And he forgot Oinone his fair young wife, and left her to pine in loneliness among the woods and in the narrow dwells of sunny Ida, until the day came which the prophecy bore true. <laughs>